Welcome back, everybody. Um, well, if you've been living under a rock, you haven't heard much about the Chauvin conviction. Uh, I'm a firm believer that uh, the conviction has absolutely to do, nothing to do with George Floyd, Derek Chauvin, or racist policing. Uh, and something like that could be said with a degree of certainty because it doesn't matter what they tell you they're doing it matters what they're doing and what they're doing is going to bring about um i really think this is about taking down the last man standing which would be law enforcement and here's why i say that um think of the police as part of a system right the justice system of course that we have all these components the police stop the the accused gets a uh, representation, prosecution, uh, defense. They sit in front of a judge. But the reason why they're going after the police, and we kind of know this, is Derek Chauvin's conviction, uh, all the charges, I'm surprised they didn't add running down the street with a loaf of bread in a black neighborhood as a you know, capital crime or something. But the reason why they're going, we know they're going after the police is his conviction signaled that it was solely on him and the MPD, Minneapolis Police, did not play a role. Their training and their tactics were okay because they he stood alone in his guilt. But then as soon as the they as soon as this was handed down, DOJ is like, hey, we're gonna get to the bottom of this. Which means somehow he was rogue in his excessive force and Minneapolis police promote excessive force. Uh, it just really doesn't seem to make much sense. And those of you who have been following me long enough know <clears throat> that I'm not a big fan of FBI, DOJ, and judges because we've seen too many high-profile high political-type hit job cases end up in courts and then people are found guilty, but then a year, month, six months, ten years later, we find out prosecutorial mis, uh, misconduct. But nothing's ever changed. Fixed. The criminal justice system itself, uh, the laws are written by Congress, uh, the you know policing and, I guess, sentencing and things like that. There are some federal guidelines. There are, most of that stuff's kind of local, though, but what we have in America now is um, judges can be handpicked like Judge Dabney Shitbag Friedrich married to Matthew Shitbag Friedrich uh, who lied to Judge Emmett Shitbag Sullivan more than once uh, you know engaging in prosecutorial misconduct screwed people over other people at DOJ FBI um, so if you have the prosecutors, you have the investigators like Peter Stroke, Stroke Loke, and you have other, you know, people in the, sitting in the, in, at the bench, we're kind of screwed. So, you know, and those are easy targets. Why, why do I say they're easy targets? Because there, how many are there? How many, how many, you know, federal judges that can try a case and such? There, there aren't that many. But we've got like something like 850,000 badged and gunned law enforcement 
gentlemen and gentlewomen walking around on the streets, uh, for the most part trying to protect the lives of Americans or citizens even, uh, or illegal aliens even. Um, you saw the knife attack in Ohio, and somehow that was wrong, defending somebody who did not have a knife from somebody who intended to harm or kill somebody else. Yeah, yeah they were teenagers. Yeah, they were young. Yeah, they were female. But uh, that it, you know, it's about them being black and young. Why would you shoot somebody who had a knife? Well, I tell you what, somebody with a knife, look what they're doing uh, over in UK. And here's my prediction. Weaken the police, and we will see more knife and acid attack or other than firearm homicides, murders in the United States. That's why the police need to be weakened because as it stands right now, they're very good at stopping the bad guys. And here we've had people interviewed about what they were going to do. And they said they were either going to riot and loot or celebrate. And it turns out they got kind of what they wanted for now. And they celebrated. But what happens if a judge looks at an appeal and decides, well, the jury was never sequestered. There were volumes of input, idiotic input, from people like Maxine Waters. And this case should have been moved to a different venue. I, it's a, it was just too big and too well-known for it to have been done with the Jersey pool in that area. So there's a good chance that something that this isn't actually the end. There may be a few more chapters written. Who knows? And one of the big, big, big problems about this is you'll hear people like Greg Gutfeld. I didn't catch it live. I heard somebody else commenting about it, and I heard a brief clip where his complaint was, or his position was, he was glad that Chauvin was found guilty on, on all those charges because his neighborhood was looted. Now, I think that's the first, that's a problem. Because if your neighborhood is looted and you allowed it to be looted when you knew the police were standing down, shame on you. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. This was supposed to be the land of the free and the home of the brave, and that was kind of a test, and we mostly failed it. There wouldn't be any fake ideas about, well, geez, most of the country is looking for, uh, for some kind of reparations here, but one party, one crew, one team decided to not show up for the game, so to speak. And as good as the enemy is at this kind of trickery, I get the feeling there will never be a condition where there will be a opportunity for a do-over. So the police aren't really supposed to protect the citizens uh, from people who mean to harm or kill anymore. Apparently that's not, you know, that's not cool. So what's really happening um, is something that I've said before, our big 
nosedive began when Michael Brown committed suicide by cop. Uh, remember, America burned, and I think they kind of got that under control. And then uh, when George Floyd died, America burned, and Europe kind of parroted that anger. Uh, and this is important. This is an observation that's kind of important, I think. Why would Europe spontaneously erupt into a display of organic support? It's not organic, right? Uh, about dismantling law enforcement. Uh, but America's domestic, our domestic Marxists never seem to act up, speak up, or show any kind of solidarity for the European fights and injustices and stuff. That's why I say law enforcement is the last man standing in the American justice system. Judges have been handpicked. Juries have been misled, misinstructed. Uh, they use algorithms to... They don't leave anything to chance anymore. I've heard, I'm hearing this from more and more people. Like They feel like they're watching a scripted play whenever they turn on the news. Um, but who could disagree? Uh, prosecutors engage in misconduct. Investigators fabricate and falsify evidence and so on. You know, th and like I said, those roles are in in the narrows of the funnel. But how do you take down or how do you disable 850,000 people in law enforcement? The system that holds them up, the system that supports them. And it's really weird that defunding the police and refunding communities are bundled together like a Green New Deal kind of thing. So um, something, and I'll just remind people, maybe you're new to the show. I refer to these people as Marxists. I don't care what you really call them. Um, you can tell them by the way they, you know, quack or whatever. I call it the fraud movement because that's really what's going on right now. Um, it's 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 a it, this is fake. It's fraud. We're watching some kind of Hollywood show because uh, what the media covers is the smallest, most distorted tip of the iceberg. The Marxist movement has the power to control only so many of those actors, judges, prosecutors, investigators, whatever. Um, and you've heard about these details. I've, I've covered them, and maybe I'll uh, uh, look into the future. I've enabled video podcasting, so I'll have some videos out, see how long I last on YouTube, um, on Marxist tube. So don't forget, here's the takeaway, really. The misconduct that I've been talking about spans across several or maybe even all of the agencies, all federal agencies. And here's the numbers thing about how misconduct can be productive and successful, which it has been for these leftist hacks, right? You, you can invest and probably have 5% of the loyalty of 100% of the people in an agency. And you'd fail, right? Because we... There's too many, there's too many holes in the dike. There's too many, uh, you know. You see a chink in the armor, um, or this is what I think they've been doing: is you can, can have one hundred percent unwavering loyalty of five percent of the people, and you make sure that those five percent are involved in every major event, like Peter Stroke handling everything Russia hoax related because he was like the only guy the FBI had an open calendar or something. He got he was there on everything. Nobody seems to think that it's strange that the man was omnipresent, right? Um so that's just that's just one of those things that nobody seems to ask and nobody seems to know how to push back and demand an answer. 
And in this way, when you only, when you have those people that are supremely loyal, you know, jump on it, fall on a sword for your movement, it's easier for the media to get their scripts and fake leaks from one or two key figures and make that Hollywood-style narrative uh, to, to support whatever goes wrong when they screw up or whatever they pretend they got right. Uh, Americans have a habit, it seems, to gobble it up. It's like we're locked in, we're locked down, we're bored. Uh, we've seen enough corruption that at some point we just kind of don't give a crap. Unfortunately, this corruption is pulling, you know, pulling that pendulum over to Marxism. So what else do we have now? Like I said, we really don't have travel and fun. Nope. Vacation time with friends and family. Not unless you work for Governor Wretched Whitmer, Nancy Pelosi, or Gavin Newsom, or somebody like that, because then you can do whatever you want. Um, but the rest of us don't have that. So what I was talking about, what seemed puzzling, was all of that support, that solidarity, that just spontaneously erupted in Europe. And if you would be one of those European Marxists or BLM or Antifa or whatever, you'd have to ask, who needs friends when they have anarchists like we have here that don't, they don't reciprocate, right? Um, there's no mutuality there. Where's, you know, I, you scratch my back and then you scratch my back. Or what? These guys are weird. Or they're just that lazy or something. Uh, and I, when did protesting for another continent become the rage? Did anybody ever? I, I didn't see that. Maybe I missed that memo. Um, why didn't we hear about the COVID lockdown protests and a variety of other protests over here in America? Why didn't we hear about the European ones? We, I don't think they really want that much communication. Um, they didn't, uh, like I said, BLM Antifa really didn't support the causes and stuff over there because it's not about saving lives or fixing problems or moving anything forward. It's about changing America, and the goal is to make America less like America and more like other really shitty countries or some decent countries, but they just want to make America more gullible again. And yet three million illegals will very likely enter our highly racist, you know, police uh, tyrant country this year. Why would they want to do that? And, um, and I'm serious about this part here. Give this, you know, like a commensurate consideration. Um, a better deal than just the term and the concept. It's never really a better deal for everyone uh, unless it's a fair deal. Right, but they're never going to tell you a fair deal is the one that's racist. A fair deal is the one that's sexist. A fair deal is the one that um, gerrymanders or jury rigs. It sh show me or or show yourself what goals or components of these radical sweeping changes promote actual fairness. We have hospitals now on the East Coast denying or delaying white people care, calling it restorative justice. That's how insane it's getting. So what was in the news for the first two years of the Trump administration? Think about this. One of the things they kept poking and, and, and to probably to see, it's probably like a, an experimental focus group thing, 
Do you remember? And I spoke about this many episodes back. Expectant black women were being killed by the healthcare system. And now that we see what it takes for a police officer to be guilty, um, I really think America should go after all those doctors and nurses. I, they, sh- they should be equally guilty as well, right? Um, the blame is probably equal. Uh, th- because we're supposed to ride this wave of justice here right into the future and uh, racist you know justice stuff so i mean we're talking about thousands of black women dead because this racist system of health care uh it's systemic and institutional let's just and they've already talking about this believe it or not let's skip the investigation the prosecution save the money and assume those health care providers are guilty because that's what we're going to start doing with law enforcement uh, just think about everything we could do with that money saved. Wouldn't it be better spent like having in school, you know, in person schooling for these uh, migrant children? Just think about that. Uh, just like the funds that they're going to redirect, they're already talking about redirecting those from police departments to God knows what. That should be kind of frightening. You know, one of the people who got out in front of this very early was. Maxine Waters. Uh, remember, we need a verdict that says guilty, guilty, guilty. So what do we need courts for if the will of one group has the power to decide what justice is? How many young blacks have never faced justice for murder? The teen brothers who beat a single age, uh, middle-aged man to death um, at a Maryland County Fair. Father, children, middle-aged guy for not giving them reparations. Remember that? Those, those children, uh, 14, 15, I believe, or 13, 15, were charged with, uh, or, or they, were, they were given, they were found guilty, I believe, or they, con- they confessed. But they were, um, their sentence was anger management therapy, probably with some liberal therapist. Now, how is that not murder? I, I mean, as much as people don't, as much as people want to pretend like they're outraged, um, I've seen several groups of people simulate what was done to George Floyd, and none of them died. Other people with sim- with some health conditions as well were pinned down, and uh, it, they came out alive at the end of it. So um, I don't see how, how repeatedly punching a man in the head. Uh, which killed him, isn't murder. But restraining somebody who's higher than a kite, a known repeat felon, um, restraining them after... See, again, I believe I said this yesterday or the day before. They had George Floyd in a car. They let him assume a different position outside. They moved him again. You know, basically, he was just didn't want to go in. And we're hearing people say this more and more to the police. You're not going to take me in. You can't take me in. So it's all about this, I'm going to maintain my freedom no matter what I've done wrong. And that shit's got to stop. So, um, again, the man at the Maryland Fair who was beaten to death, he did not have lethal dose, over three times the lethal dose of fentanyl. And I don't care what people say about building up a tolerance. And another great case, what about the young black teens who 
broke into a, a mentally challenged man's home and waited for him to return and then beat him and bound him and burned him alive. Let's keep our eyes peeled on that one because there's something wrong with the courts. When those young men murdered by burning that man alive, horrible way to go, obviously, one of the things they told him was they made him promise he would tell the authorities if he lived that it was white kids that did it or that it was white men that did it. That's pretty sick. And the one thing we have to look into, um, keep an eye on, that I just recently looked into, was the um, unhinged liberal defense attorney, James Marshall, the one who shot Danny Pruitt, the disabled vet, in the back of the head. I covered this a few times. Um, Danny Pruitt drove through and uh, a very small, tiny BLM protest in Alamosa, Colorado last summer. Uh, by the way, the juries have been shut down again in states all over the place. Uh, how does that serve justice? Amazon is open, Walmart is open, but justice is closed. Yeah. So recently, James Marshall had a one-hour hearing, an in-person hearing. Uh, I believe it was April 10th, and that will be in Colorado's 12th Circuit. So we'll keep an eye on that, see what's going on, because I get the feeling this is going to be uh, another obvious um, script. Um and but this ought to be a doozy. This ought to be a, a, a this ought to be one for the books here. Whatever they use to free this man is going to really be um, very creative, very creative. So we have the um, Maxine Waters guilty, 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 and um, promising and begging people, imploring them to be get, get more active. Define active. Let's define that because active has never been from the left anything but violent and destructive. It's never been good ideas, meet in the middle, reach across the aisle, because normal deliberations lead to justice, but true justice is not the goal. And this is how we'll be able to tell. So her other thing, let's get more confrontational. Really? How much more confrontational can you get than $2 billion worth of burnt buildings and dead people? and rape, and looting. You know, the left wants this confrontation um, this to never end because for them, if they're always there with their cameras and get their damn Kodak moments, if you're old enough to know what that is, um, because that's what gains them the social momentum. And then that's on social media. Then fake stream media echoes uh, social media and now in 2021, politicians use all this as the end-all, be-all in decision-making because all of those people couldn't be wrong. And somehow we have to de decouple what we're seeing, like the number of people to support versus the actual number of people who want policy change. These things need to be on the ballot. I'm telling you, we're being hoodwinked here into thinking that this is bigger than it is. It's it's fake. It's fraud. All the support for this kind of stuff. If you put some of these things on the ballot, we would see what reality is. But no, the reality, reality we're supposed to believe is is from media, from 
the Communist News Network and MS-13 NBC. That needs to be crushed right now. Take care, everybody. God bless.